Welcome to the FML Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Esmail, and I help ambitious women like you optimize their lives by mastering their fitness, mindset, and lifestyle. You are limitless, and my goal is for you to walk away from each episode believing that. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the FML podcast. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Today, we have Devin McKee with us, a corporate marketer turned digital marketing consultant and founder of Devin McKee Consulting. Devin is using her marketing education and five years of experience to help small business owners navigate the vast digital world that is social media and email marketing. Her sustainable, consumer-centric approach to marketing strategy allows small business owners to spend less time building their online presence and more time focusing on the things they love to do both in business and in life. And we love that. Devin is also one of my lovely Limitless Living clients. She initially joined my fitness program a couple years ago and has since evolved with me into life coaching. She's always growing always evolving into a higher version of herself and her insights and perspectives on life are so powerful. So she's here today to share her story and shed some light on corporate work versus solopreneurship, which is quite a dense topic. Am I right? Yes. A hundred (laughs) percent. Yes. Devin, thank you so much for being here with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It is an honor. So girl, where should we begin? Good question. I feel like the best place to begin would probably be when I switched into entrepreneurship from the corporate world, because that's kind of what kicked all of this off. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's just start there. Tell me a little bit about your corporate experience first. So my corporate experience was unique in the sense that I kind of got in to some really strong positions quite early in my career after college. Um, I was lucky enough to meet some pretty good people in college. And a friend of mine told me about an opportunity at a larger corporation. And I just kind of went for it. Um, Even though at the time I kind of knew I always wanted to own my own business, but I felt like I was doing the safe and smart thing at the time. I was pretty young and I just wanted money and security. So I felt like it was the best option for me at that time. And I really enjoyed my time with that company, but I kind of got to a point where I felt like I was being capped. Like I wasn't really, I was too young to take a managerial role from their perspective, um, but I knew that I could do it. However, they had to hire someone external um, and it just kind of felt like I didn't really have much room to grow. So from there, I had another colleague from the same company who moved to a different large corporation and found out about another opportunity with them. So I took the plunge and switched jobs and companies. And that's kind of when things got interesting because it was during COVID. So everyone was working from home. Um, You know, the the circumstances of the world were kind of crazy for everybody. And I was kind of just thankful to, again, have that perceived security in the job and to be making good money and making the most money I had ever made. And so it seemed good for a while, um, but unfortunately, it came to a close because I was at risk of losing my job for 
circumstances completely out of my control and out of the company's control. And so that's sort of when I took it as a sign from the universe to go ahead and pursue my dreams of starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that is such a brave leap. Yes. And I've talked to so many women who have either done it or are wanting to do it, but feel, I mean, there's, there's so much fear, right? There's, it's, there's so much, such an illusion of risk and there, there is some risk of course in anything that we do. Right. But the one, the, the picture that is painted of risk leaving the corporate world is really vibrant and really intense. So at what point did you recognize things that you wanted that you couldn't have in, in that corporate style job? Sounds like it was the messiness that was COVID that really screwed up that season. Yes. And you know, at the time I really was so bitter about it because I felt like I was on just the wrong side of the conversation. Um, and even though the, you know, it came down to a personal decision that I was staying strong on and it had nothing to do with the company. I mean, their hands were tied too, but when I worked there, I worked there for over a year and then got an email saying like, Hey, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job in two weeks. And it was kind of like, Oh, wow. This thing that felt so secure and safe now is, has just rocked my world. And looking back, I, I just can't help but be like, wow, thank you. Like that was, that was what I needed, honestly. Like it sounds, I'm not to sound insensitive. I know a lot of people struggled through that time and it was really hard for a lot of people. But for me, I was in a good place financially. I have a great support system around me and I was unattached. I don't have a family. I don't need like, I, at that time, I didn't need that consistency in my life. And I was kind of like, well, if this is a sign, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, I don't think it's insensitive at all. I think that you are entitled to your own experience as is everybody, whether it be positive or negative or something painful, something that launched you forward. I also got kicked out of the nest during the shutdown because I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I was still doing hair. I was renting a space and the woman that I was renting from didn't want anyone else in the salon coming back from the shutdown. And so it was either I'll just take my business full time or I go find another salon to work in, which was just so unaligned at that point in time for me. So it also launched me into, you know, ultimately where I'm at today and Tanasia, our fitness coach, kind of same thing. She got out of her job and realized how incredibly toxic of an environment it was for her. And, you know, she's been on a completely different journey ever since. And if it wasn't for that time period, I think a lot of people just had some level of awakening yes. in that time. Yes, I would agree. And I think there was a lot of adapting as well. And it was either you adapt to the situation or you don't. And that was kind of a big one for me too. It was like, well, I could let this sway my personal decisions for my myself, or I can adapt and figure something else out. And you saw that, especially with small businesses, I think like a lot of small businesses they either shut down or they figured out ways to work through it and 
probably did better than they had done in a long time because of that. So yeah, I, I think there was a huge awakening and a lot of adapting. Yeah, that's a great word for it. People's adaptability got tested and their resourcefulness got yes. tested for sure. Okay. So talk to me about the leap. What was that like for you? Because that is such a big, scary monster to so many people. So the leap was interesting for me because to preface it, I, I grew up in kind of an entrepreneurial home. So both of my parents owned businesses at some point. So I was kind of always exposed to it. And again, I always just had this feeling that it was going to be what I ended up doing. And I think at the time I was kind of looking for liberation because of all of the craziness that was going on. So that was really what was fueling me at that time. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be liberated from this corporate culture that I just don't align with. And I kind of assumed, I think, that it would be somewhat easy for me and kind of a natural shift because of my background in business and marketing and growing up with two entrepreneurial parents. Um, but it was tough. Like it, it was kind of tough for me. I, um, there was a lot of things that were sort of hiding under the surface that when I switched into entrepreneurship and kind of became, you know, a solopreneur at that, where it was just me and I was my business. I mean, my name is literally in my business. (laughs) Um, it kind of caused those things to bubble up to the surface and, Again, at the time, I was so scared and so confused and full of fear. But looking back, I'm so thankful that that happened the way it did, because these are things that I could have lived with under the surface for the rest of my life and just never found true fulfillment because of that. Wow. Yeah. And that's on (laughs) blessings in disguise. Seriously. Everything is always happening for us no matter what it feels like in the moment, it's getting us exactly where we're supposed to be. And that is such a good testimony to that. Yes. So tell me when you talk about just the challenges that you came across in making that transition, because I'm sure they were plentiful. What were your, what were your biggest hurdles? Yeah. So my biggest hurdle at the time, I think was just a severe lack of confidence. Um, I, I had confidence in my corporate identity and in this, you know, hardworking identity that I had sort of had throughout school and sports and, and then in the corporate lifestyle. But when I transitioned into entrepreneurship, I lost that kind of structure that was sort of there built for me. And when you have that kind of structure, it's very easy, I think, or at least for me, it was easy to kind of show up in those settings and do really well. But in my personal life, like I wasn't, I didn't have healthy routines. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really in tune with my spirituality. I wasn't pouring into my cup. I was doing great in those settings as that identity, but on my own, I I was just kind of getting through it, you know? And I think when you have that comfort in a corporate job, it's, it's very easy to show up really strong there and then not really show up for yourself. And so one of my biggest challenges when I transitioned was 
having to kind of address those things and be like, oh, wow, well, I, it's going to be really hard to be successful and sustain this business and also find fulfillment if I don't address this lack of confidence and these limiting beliefs and just my day-to-day life too. I mean, I, I needed better routines and I needed to just love myself more. And again, when you're getting a paycheck every two weeks, it's kind of easy to like shut that down and not really think about it too much. But then when you're on your own, you're kind of forced to to start figuring that out if you want it to be something that's going to fulfill you and, and sustain you. That is a really good point. because And it makes total sense because you kind of had to form a new identity and a new life because for so long, I think as a lot of people do, which totally makes sense, it's it's compartmentalized. You're, yes corporate world that that's like a block of your life. And then you've got your personal life and they don't really overlap and you can kind of code switch between those two identities and you're good because you've got that paycheck coming in. You, you, you just have it, you have it separated. And then all of a sudden it's like all worlds collide and there is nothing more true than your entrepreneurship journey is your personal development and growth journey. Like, yes, they are, they are one in the same. Yeah. So what did that look like for you kind of in that realization and then how you acted on it? So the realization was tough and it kind of, at the time I kind of allowed it to paralyze me in a way. Like I just sort of caved into those limiting beliefs and caved into that fear that I wasn't going to be successful with this because again, it didn't happen as easily and naturally as I thought it was going to for me because of all of those things. And so when I was sort of faced with that, I got really down on myself. Like I felt like such an imposter. I kind of was like selling myself short and it's, it caused me to start neglecting my business and neglecting myself. And I sort of stayed stuck in that for about six months where I was just not really taking action. Like life was just kind of happening around me. And I just felt like this huge weight on my chest every day. And then when that happens and you kind of fall into this cycle of, I guess, self-sabotage, time goes by so fast, but also so slow. And you look back and you just start, like, I was just beating myself up. Like, I'd be like, dang it, another week went by and I didn't accomplish what I, what I know I could accomplish. And so the negative self-speak was just running wild. And I kind of got to this point where I was like, all right, I am seeing how this is manifesting across my life. And I really don't want to give up on this stream. I don't want to look at this as me being a failure as an entrepreneur anymore. And luckily, divine timing at the same time where I was like going back and forth on this, I was very much considering just going back to the corporate lifestyle and forgetting my dream of owning a business. You happened to message me and you sent such a genuine, kind message, literally just congratulating me on starting my business. I think because you saw that I had changed my profile picture and 
I don't know. I just kind of was like, it was like this breath of fresh air and it kind of felt like, again, like that divine timing was coming into play. And I've always been kind of intuitive, but I felt so far from myself. So when you messaged me, I was like, all right, this is a sign. I need to do something. I need to just inquire about what she's doing. I knew, I knew you were getting into life coaching and I just felt so alone. I think that I just was, was looking for some help and guidance on the journey because I was like, I don't know how to get myself out of this on my own. And I also wanted to optimize it because I was like, okay, I could probably get out of this on my own, but that could take years or I'll never get out of it on my own. And I'll just go back to a life of comfort and quote unquote comfort in a corporate setting. And so, yeah, we, I messaged you and and we started working together and honestly, that was like the big shift for me was bringing someone in who could kind of offer that external insight, someone who had, has, I mean, you've been through the entrepreneurship, you're going through it. Like you, I knew you were going through it. And so that also gave me comfort was knowing that I was talking to someone that was kind of in the same place that I was in. So that's sort of the action, the first action that that started the ripple effect. That is so cool. And so divine. I can't even take credit. Like things just happen like that exactly when they're supposed to. And I'm so, so glad that that happened the way it did. I didn't even realize that you were even considering going back to the corporate world. That is wild. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's so easy to feel incredibly isolated in this journey. And it's, it's just wild. Like I've seen it in my individual clients, um, separately and it's just, it's just pain. That's a different kind of painful to feel misunderstood, to feel lost. Like you're in the dark, to not have a voice beside you or ahead of you validating, affirming what you're doing is, is going to work or giving you encouragement, lifting you up. We all need that. We all need that period, but really on the entrepreneurship, solopreneurship journey, it makes a world of a difference. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think like that perception of being alone on the journey was also something that was like really starting to weigh on me. Because when you're alone, it's in a space like that, it's really easy for the self-doubt to get really, really loud in your head. Really loud. Yes. Like, and, and when you're tied to your business like that, it's hard not to take it personal. Like if it's a part of you at that point. And so it's really hard not to be like, wow, what am I, I'm messing up. Like I'm a failure. I'm not doing this right. Whereas in the, again, in the corporate setting, if, if you make a mistake or you mess up, you're surrounded by a team, you've got a manager that's kind of helping you work through it. Like, and especially in the, the industry I was in, like one tiny mess up wasn't going to, you know, ruin everything. It was Mm -hmm. something I could work through, but when you're on your own and you mess up or you, you think you've messed up, it's like so heavy and you take it, you, you can take it very personally. Yeah. It's easy to take everything to heart and to feel like the sky is falling. And with the negative self-talk, I get it. I've been there too. And I still 
enter into that realm every now and then where it's so loud that there's just a period, a period of time and hopefully it's short, right? Where it's just like a day or maybe a couple days, but it can go on a lot longer where you don't even know what you're fighting it with. Like, what am I fighting back with? I don't even know. I can't even justify me not being a failure at this point. What the fuck am I supposed to do from this point? Exactly. Yeah. So, so I remember when we started working together, you were distinctly concerned about a lack of discipline around working on your business, getting to your business goals. And, you know, I, as your coach kind of helped you, um, shift some perspective on that because I know like even before, like in the beginning of our journey, I could see in you, there's so much more to this picture. This girl's not just lazy and lacks discipline. Like, like she might think she is what's really going on here. So I would love for you to speak a little bit to that and just share your, your insights and experience there. Yes. So discipline has kind of always been a weird one for me. Um, again, I, I was a good student. I played sports. I kept myself busy. Um, I was always working to meet some sort of standard coming from some sort of authority in my life, whether that be my parents, a coach, teachers, a boss, colleagues, even. Um, I, I, kind of like had this perception, especially with entrepreneurship going into it where I thought like, oh, well now it's gotta be self-discipline. Like I've, I've, I've had discipline from all of these areas of my life and now it's gotta come from me. And in order to be a successful entrepreneur, like that's the only thing I have to worry about is self-discipline. And it just didn't resonate with me. Like I had such a negative association with the word discipline at the time. So it just didn't feel, I mean, I thought of discipline as kind of like punishment or like having to obey the rules, having to meet someone else's standards. And if you don't, there's some form of punishment that follows that. And so, you know, when I, when I got into my, my own business, I was kind of like, wow, I don't just naturally have this level of self-discipline. So clearly I'm, I'm a failure as an entrepreneur, you know, because that's what everyone's telling you. Like that stings to hear discipline. Yeah. And uh, for me, I kind of, at the time I didn't know this, this is, this is from a lot of inner work and a lot of work with you and just work on myself, but it really didn't have anything to do with, with discipline for me. For me, it was more so, okay, how do I get back to myself? Like, how do I find my inner voice again? How do I start listening to those intuitive feelings that I used to get that I know are there? They're just kind of hiding under all of this shit. And I couldn't even think about discipline. Like I was in such a dark place at the time that discipline just was not working for me. I didn't have it in me to, you know, like check every box and be super disciplined on myself and set those rules for myself and follow through on them by myself. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. And, you know, I, I think there's so many different opinions on discipline and a lot of people will tell you, oh, self-discipline is a form of self-love. 
which I agree to, to an extent. But when you're in that space where you're already full of so much doubt and you're, you're so down on yourself and every day you're waking up just like, what's the day going to look like? I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do this. It's kind of hard to just naturally start loving yourself and disciplining yourself. There's a lot of pre-work that goes into that before you can successfully do that part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so well said. It sounds like for you and probably a lot of other people and maybe a lot of people listening to this to this episode, d- trying uh, focusing and trying to implement discipline at that stage for you was almost like denying yourself every day over and over and just trying to put a bandaid on it and trying to force yourself and denying what you really needed, which like you said, was to come back to yourself. And that is such, I just love the words that you used to explain that because it really is, I mean, there's so much meaning packed into that one phrase, right? Yeah. So coming back to yourself, oh, that is, I mean, I've been with you on this journey and it has been so incredible to get there. And it is so much inner work. It is. And we're trying to, you know, just move forward all the time, but sometimes you have to just sit with yourself, be with where you're at and dig deep in order to, to move forward. You got to do that kind of work first. Yes. And I think especially considering the state of the world during that time and like coming out of that. And I mean, yeah, some people really thrived during lockdowns, but for some people, I mean, me being one, it kind of like threw me for a loop. Like I didn't really know how to handle myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time went by in that setting. And, you know, you're working remote, you're kind of isolated, you're kind of freaking out about what's going on. And so, yeah, it just, I, I just felt like at that time I had lost a sense of who I was and kind of my zest for life was just not, not as prominent anymore. And so for me, that's what I had to focus on looking back by focusing on self-discipline. It just kept feeding into that nasty feedback loop I had with myself, where when I wouldn't achieve that discipline, I would start beating myself up for it. Or, you know, the imposter syndrome would come in real hot and heavy and I'd be like, well, shit, guess I'm not cut out for entrepreneurship because like, I can't even, you know, wake up on time when I say I want to, because I'm just so lost in my own shit right now. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's hard. Yeah. And that is such a vicious cycle. Yes. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, I know the journey and the process, you know, obviously being on the inside with you. But if you had to share a couple points about what it really took for you to find yourself again, what did that look like? So for me, a lot of it had to do with mind, body, spirit, which sounds so broad and a little bit cliche, but it's not, or at least for me, it was not. Like I really had to focus on myself and focus on getting myself back to kind of like base level because I was so down 
that it really took me kind of like journaling. Like I had, I had never consistently journaled. I would do it every now and then, but I wasn't consistently journaling in my life. And the, the most important thing for me was reintroducing gratitude into my everyday life. That was pivotal. And I, I believe that, like, I truly believe that when you're down like that and you're in that dark place, you're not really giving yourself much room for gratitude. And without gratitude, it's really easy to look at the world and look at your life as just like dismal. And you kind of start to slip into that. Well, what's the point? Like, what is the point of everything? Which Mm -hmm. is not a fun place to be in. I mean, that's like a scary place to be in. So by reintroducing gratitude practices and kind of getting back in tune with that more spiritual side of myself, that for me was what was kind of pulling me through everything else. Because without that, I, I wouldn't have been able to love myself enough to go to the gym consistently or love my body enough or appreciate my body for the things that it was able to do or appreciate my brain for, you know, it's creativity and it's, it's logic. Like, so for me, honestly, gratitude was really the foundation of all of it. It just helped me kind of shift my perspective back into a place where I could start to see opportunities in my day-to-day life rather than waking up and feeling like the day-to-day life was such a burden. Which makes total sense, but still it, it just never fails to blow my mind. The profound impact of, of intentionally practicing gratitude. Yeah. And I know, um, I read a lot of Brene Brown. If you're not a Brene Brown fan, get on it. She is Oh my gosh, she's everything. I, I'm obsessed with her. And she <laughs> studies all these different emotions and just humans in general. And people practicing gratitude is directly correlated with levels of joy, like unmistakably related to direct impact. And so we know this, but still, it seems like such a simple thing. And such a commonly talked about thing that it's so easy to glance over and to move past and think, oh, there's got to be something fancier. There's got to be something more intricate and elaborate. Well, sometimes that's all it takes is counting your blessings, looking at everything that's going well, looking at everything that you do have. And then all of a sudden you're seeing life through a completely different lens. And like you said, all these opportunities open up. Right. So that is so cool that that was your your foundation to such a pivot in your mindset and in your life. And I'm curious because there are different, you know, there's the classic write down 10 things that you're grateful for. And then there's some other things that you can tap into and try. So for you, what does, what is your favorite way to practice gratitude? For me, I mean, writing it down definitely in the beginning was really important to me because it just kind of like cemented it. But I have gotten into this routine now where at any given moment, I can sort of like challenge myself and it's not even a challenge anymore, but I can, I can think to myself like, okay, what's one thing you can be grateful for right now, this, this instance, this moment. And that's really powerful because then your mind just kind of starts naturally doing it throughout the day. Like once you do that enough, 
and you're kind of like more aware of it, you just start to look at things differently. And when shit gets bad and when, when things get hard, you can sort of like separate yourself and go, okay, yeah, but like, this is, this is still pretty cool that I have all of these things that I'm even able to do this with my life that I have like supportive people around me. And, and once you do it, once you find that one thing, it's like a domino effect. Like you, you can just start thinking of so many little things to be thankful for. And I will say in, in partnership with the gratitude was a lot of like self-awareness work as well, because if you're not like stepping into that awareness, it can be hard to be consistent with gratitude and it, and it can almost feel like daunting to a certain level. Like you start going through those journalings and you're like, okay, same 10 things again. Like, (laughs) so you, you do have to practice some self-awareness too. Yeah. So to you, what does self-awareness mean? So for me, it was really getting back to those intuitive feelings and like trusting myself, which is so hard to do. Uh, It's not hard, but at the time it was very hard for me. And it definitely took a lot of like intentional work and getting very vulnerable and honest with myself, even if that was not a fun place to be in. Like you kind of, I had, I had to really look at myself and go, okay, this is where you're at, but it's okay. Like you can get through this. You just need to be intentional with your time and you need to I I had to really like take ownership back because I was living in this like victim complex. And that's still something I'm working on because that can be so subtle, like we've talked about, or it can be really obvious at the time. It was really obvious things where I was kind of able to easily identify, okay, this is an area where I know I could do better, but I'm choosing this victim complex rather than addressing it and just changing it and and working on it. So that level of awareness that starts to happen when you get really, really uncomfortably honest with yourself is something that can, I mean, quite literally can change everything because you just start to become aware of your routines and your habits. And you, that's when you can start to go, okay, this isn't going great. And I want it to go like this. And that's when you can start kind of tweaking things and shifting things around to better suit you. Mm -hmm. That's really where the journey begins. Yeah. Because as they say, awareness is the first step and it truly is. And it is hands down the most important, the most powerful step, because from there, once you're aware, you've got the power of choice. You're stepping into that power of choice. And then it's like the world is your oyster, but there's still so many challenges that come with that. Right. And breaking the upper limits and seeing past imposter syndrome and your pride from time to time and all these things just start coming up. It's like, whoa, this is, is, (laughs) wow. Okay. Here we are. It's a lot, but I did want to know it sounds, what's really cool and standing out to me is that it sounds like it was very transformational for you to tap into ownership through awareness and grace at the same time. And how you said, this is where I'm at which is the ownership and the awareness. And it's okay that I'm here. And I think that piece 
is extremely important. Yes. And it's funny because I mean, you know this, but I've, the grace shift has been ongoing for me. It's, it's still something I'm becoming very conscious of and aware of and trying to incorporate more and more in my life because, and it's funny because like looking back, I I did have a lot of grace with myself and to get me out of that really dark place, but it, it didn't really become like obvious to me that that's what it was until more recently when we started working through some even deeper stuff. And I, kind of had to look back and go, oh, grace is something I'm capable of. It's just not a one and done kind of thing. Like there's going to be opportunities to show myself grace constantly in life. And especially on this journey. (laughs) Dude, dude, we could just, we could go into that. There's so much grace to be had and and with yourself and with other people as well. And I think that it really becomes evolutionary in your journey to recognize just how important offering grace is and just how much can be accomplished and grown through grace in your business and your self-development, self-love and your relationships. And then it just becomes so much easier to start handing it out to other people. And then it's like, you're kind of changing the world and that's... It's because it's rippling and it's, yeah, it's, I don't, it's kind of an underrated topic actually now that we're getting, getting into it. I don't really see grace talked about a lot of places, but I know that Tanasia and I talk about it a lot because we work with our clients on it because no one is really taught ever to give themselves grace. It's more, you move forward by shaming yourself, by punishing yes. yourself. And as children, I can see how you you do this thing that's wrong, you know, you get punished, you know, not to do it again. I understand the foundation of it, but as adults, it does not work like that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And, and you, you know, we've talked about this, like you get into this shame cycle and shame is a big one. Like it can really eat away at you and you can get so lost in it that you start to really like believe that narrative and Mm -hmm. and then inevitably you do something that you didn't mean to do or you make a mistake or something happens or someone in your life does something that you have to forgive or and and you're faced with it all over again and so if you're constantly like for me I, I by choosing shame as a way to try to cope with those things and try to change those things. It, it just was not working like it. And the only reason I got out of the shame cycle that I was in when we started working together was because of this kind of healthy dose of grace and like acceptance of myself. Wow. Wow. I'm so glad that you're on this journey with yourself because shame is Ooh, it's dark mm-hmm. and it's sneaky. It's like a shadow and it, it, and it really, it's, it stores in your body. You know how stress lives in the body. Shame lives in the body too. And I'm going to have to send you um, something. I, 
read this book a while ago that kind of walked you through an exercise to recognize and release shame and where you're carrying it in your body. And it, yeah, you'll love it. It like unlocks this, this memory, your memories, whatever you have that you're just holding on to. And for me, I think I felt it in my chest. Like I was carrying it in my chest. And once you just recognize and release that, it was just like a flood of holy shit. I've had basically this like shadow of shame living in me for so long. And I didn't even know it impacting me and showing up and it. And it's so, it's just so behind the scenes, you know? Yes. And I think too, like, I love how you described it as a shadow because that is really what it feels like. Like it feels like this thing just lurking behind you. And like, I even noticed it kind of coming up in relationships too. Like it's hard to forgive somebody. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But if you can't even show yourself grace, it's going to be real hard for you to show the people in your life grace. It's going to be much easier for you to shame them, just like you're shaming yourself, which does nothing but make everyone feel shitty, causes more tension and conflict. And that's kind of the same dialogue that can happen with yourself. Like, so it's just one of those things that I'm still working on and I'll probably always, you know, have to be working on it and be aware of it because sometimes it is human nature to, to, and I I do think that there can be a healthy level of shame, right? Like, obviously there are situations and circumstances that people find themselves in where, yeah, you might need to feel a little bit of shame, but like, if you're doing the right things and you just make a mistake, like any natural human being does, that is not the time to shame yourself. Like that's a great opportunity to show yourself grace. And that's one of the biggest things more recently that we've talked about that has been such a game changer for me because you can start to like pinpoint those moments once again once you become aware of it and you're like oh wow I've I've kind of always been in this cycle where at this point this is where I would shame myself and now I can start to identify that and replace it with grace which feels way better (laughs) yes it's so liberating it really is so tell me now that you're here and you're recognizing those moments, you have that level of consciousness in your day-to-day life. Is that shift easy to make in the moment? In the moment, personally, um, not really. Like but prior to the level of awareness and like talking it out and kind of like, again, bringing that level of intention into it, it's really easy for it to go unnoticed. And like, even, even in some of our conversations, I'll, I'll talk for 30 minutes about it and not even realize it. And you're like, Hey, by the way, that's shame. Don't do that. Like, don't punish yourself. Don't slap yourself on the wrist was one of the things you said that really stuck with me because it's like, like day to day, there's so many opportunities for, for things to not go according to plan. And so I think like prior to bringing that level of awareness and intention into it, it can be super easy to miss because some of those things are very subtle. But again, once you kind of like work through that and and start to just remind yourself of it and become aware of it, 
it becomes so much easier to identify that feeling of shame and then kind of like transition out of it. Mm. It takes practice. Like it's not something that once you become aware of, it just happens naturally every single time. Again, that's something I'll probably always be working on, but I've also found it's been helping to do it with other people a lot. Oh, interesting. In what way? Like in, I'm in a relationship and, you know, things happen. No, you know, and like, it's, it's kind of good practice almost for me to practice grace with someone else or like my sister or my family, anybody. It's, it's, it kind of cements it more when you can practice it externally rather than only doing it internally. And it just kind of becomes like this symbiotic thing. And that's what I've really started to notice in the past couple of weeks is like, okay, now that I'm aware of this, I can stop shaming other people too. And like have more grace with them and have more grace in situations of fr- even driving. My road rage has gotten so much better because I'm just like, you know what? They're probably having a crazy morning and I'm going to show them some grace rather than like shame them and tell them how terrible they are for driving like a maniac. And I think just the more you practice it, it just gets a lot better and easier to do. Absolutely. It really does. And it feels good and it feels light to just cover yourself with grace, cover others with grace. You're allowed, we're all allowed to have our moments of frustration. But at the end of the day, I always like to say, we know, you know, one sentence of someone's entire storybook at best most time. And sometimes we don't even know that with strangers, you know? And so we, if you can just keep that in the forefront of your mind, they don't know my story. I don't know th- theirs. And we're all worthy of grace. What Everything just kind of dissipates after that. And the door really opens ultimately for more love all the way around, for more kindness, for more love. And then we just take it from there and, you know, we're going to, talk like a hippie now, love and peace and grace, but seriously, (laughs) like how good do those things feel versus shame and judgment and anger and giving yourself that slap on the wrist when you're imperfect as the human that you are, rather than just accepting where you're at and moving on. And that's it. Exactly. Wow. That was so good. Thank you for sharing that just about the whole grace piece. I think that is really powerful. And I hope that whoever is listening right now, I hope you really take that and run with it and give yourself some radical grace. Yeah. It changes things for sure. (laughs) Does. And on that note, what do you think is the balance between giving yourself grace and giving yourself some tough love or bringing that discipline back in now that you have arrived to that place? So I'm glad you asked, because that's kind of where I'm at now in my journey. And I feel like it is, it feels better. Like I feel like more empowered almost to discipline myself. I still don't love the word discipline. I know in its roots, it means well, but again, I have like that weird association with it, but I have the choice, right? And really at the core of it, that's what discipline is, is you're giving yourself the choice. And by taking that choice and by, you know, through these, this inner work and like 
introducing grace into the process, it just makes it more fun. And like, I'm much more motivated, I think, like more than ever to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. And because of that level of awareness and because of that knowledge that I'm making the choice for myself, it is also a little bit easier for me to go, okay, like stop slacking. You know, you can do more. You love yourself enough to do more. I've, I've kind of like let go of a lot of the just negative shit that was holding me down. And now I can look at it from a very just realistic perspective of this is your goal. This is what the lifestyle you want. This is the vision you have for yourself and you owe it to yourself to make that happen. And I think through that, yes, there's still slip ups. Yes, there's still mistakes. But when you use grace as a form of coping, it kind of like propels you. It doesn't really stop you. And that's kind of what I'm experiencing now. And it's it's feeding my confidence. It's it's helping me kind of respect myself more which in turn kind of gives me that authority to show myself tough love when I need it without feeling like I'm punishing myself or self-sabotaging. And so there's definitely a balance that I'm finding. Um, and I think, again, it's just being honest with myself and, and keeping all of those other things in mind and, and recognizing all of the inner work that I've done to get to this point and just appreciating it and trusting that it was all things that need to happen. And again, being so thankful that it's happening now and not like 30 years from now where I feel completely trapped in my life, you know? So I I do think like it's becoming easier for me to make that choice and decide how I'm going to spend my time and how I'm going to show up for myself. Wow. That is very inspiring. That just really inspired me, honestly, to hear the impact of giving yourself grace and what that thought process looks like for you, how that plays out in your life. Because I think we all forever are on this journey and have room to grow. And I still slip into the, I'm a failure in one way or another. And then, you know, how the spiral starts to pick up and then it moves faster and faster and it just gets out of control. And it's such a good reminder that grace actually does propel you forward in your journey. And sometimes I think oftentimes in fitness, when people come in, they, that's a big, big learning curve is that, oh, if I give myself grace, I'm going to continue to slack and I'm not going to get where I want to go. And that's so the opposite of the truth. So seeing you walk that out in your day-to-day life is incredible. You are doing amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I totally agree because it's, it's where I was like not long ago either. Like it has not, it was not long ago when I was waking up and just really beating up on myself for taking longer than I thought I was going to with business success. And, you know, just so many things that didn't play out the way I expected them to. And if I continued to shame myself for that, like I, it it wouldn't produce any kind of positive change in my life or move me towards my goals. 
And so, you know, that was something that that came out of one of our sessions, not not like a couple of sessions ago where I was kind of like, oh, so this is why I've been acting this way. And I don't know, it just it just really does change things for you when you give yourself even just a tiny bit of grace. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that was a recent thing for us, but you learned it and discovered this at the exact perfect time for you without a doubt, because had we kind of gone there or tried to go there, say a year ago, you weren't ready to learn that. No. In one way or another, you had to be where you were at just recently in order to really receive that and to integrate it into your life. And look at you now. Exactly. Sharing it with others. Incredible. <laughs> All right, Devin. So to put a bow on this incredible episode, if you had to give one bit of encouragement slash wisdom to the women looking to transition out of the corporate world and take the leap on their own dream, what would that be? I would say to have courage and go for it, but to also maybe not like hold yourself to the preconceived expectations that you have with that journey, because it's likely not going to look exactly how you think it's going to. And that's totally okay. It's not worth giving up your dreams and the lifestyle that you want to pursue because it doesn't exactly align with these preconceived expectations that you had before you even start your journey. And I think just trust yourself and just know that whatever happens, whether you find quick success or it's more of an extended process for you, you just have to trust yourself and know that it's what you're meant to do because I mean, if, if you have those thoughts already and you're already thinking about doing it, there is a version of you that exists out there that has already done it and is standing on top of the mountain cheering you on. And I find so much comfort in that. So I think just trust in yourself and let go of some of those expectations and just take the plunge. Oh, you're giving me chills. Oh. That was so, <laughs> so good. Have courage trust in yourself and be okay with it being what it, whatever it turns out to be every day, every week, every month. If it's not what you pictured, that's okay. It's still happening for you. You are still exactly where you're supposed to be. It's always a stepping stone. And just like you said, there is a version of you calling to you. That's what you're feeling inside. You're already there somewhere, somehow, you know, and that kind of the, um, what would it be? I guess it would be a metaphor that we kind of come back to sometimes with you're not necessarily moving forward on a pathway to, to yourself and your dreams. You're already her, you're already there. You're sinking down into it until you're completely submerged in everything that you feel called to. That illustration has hit with some of, some of my clients and with me, it always feels really good because it kind of takes the pressure off of, Oh, I have to move forward. I have to move at this pace. I have to be here. You're already her. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have this, this desire in the first place. It just wasn't already in you just settle into it. Let it ooze out of you, submerge yourself in it and it will only get better and better. Exactly. I could not agree more. <laughs> Tell us real quickly where we can find you 
on social media and what you offer in terms of marketing services. Yes. So you can find me at Devin McKee Consulting on Instagram and I'm always open to DMs. So that's, or emails. You can email me or DM me through Instagram or schedule a call with me. Um, And I offer email marketing and social media marketing strategy, um, as well as some execution work. So all things email and social to help alleviate small business owners and give some time back to them so that they can really focus on the things that they want to focus on while creating conversion in their businesses. Beautiful. Devin, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your wisdom. This was really powerful and I'm feeling filled up and inspiring (laughs) from this inspiring, inspired from this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course it was an honor. (laughs) And you guys, if you resonated with anything that was shared today, go ahead and just shoot us a message on Instagram and maybe share this episode on your story and tag me so I can see it, but we would love to hear what you took away from it and just connect over it. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you guys back here next time.